Well, with higher interest rates, we're wondering on today's episode, is lazy money still a concern in 2024? We're going to explore that question, examining how the recent rise in interest rates affects the money that's sitting in things like perhaps your savings accounts or CDs or traditionally conservative investments. We're going to talk about the new dynamics of managing your funds in a world where these traditional saving methods are seeing better returns than they were if we had done this topic a couple of years ago. Are these options now viable parts of a savvy investment strategy, or are there still better ways to make your money work harder for you? It's Lazy Money. We're breaking it down. 2024 edition on today's show. Stay tuned. It's time for re-engineering your finances with the founder of CP Weldy Group, Charles Weldy. Welcome to another episode. Walter Storholt here alongside Charles Weldy of CP Weldy Group, Certified Financial Planner and CPA. Charles, it is great to be with you this week, my friend. I hope your month is off to a good start. Yeah, Walter, no problem at all. Things are going really well. You know, very blessed. Uh, glad to hear that. And uh, looking forward to our conversation today. You would never be described, Charles, as lazy by anyone out there. And uh, and, and it's a good thing we're talking about lazy money today because we want you to help make sure that we don't have any of that lazy money sitting around in our portfolios, right? Well, you know, I, I mean, lazy money is uh, money sitting around your portfolios. But with today's interest rates being what they are, it's not, you know, a major mistake uh, in the short term, maybe the long term, but short term, you know, I don't have any like pet peeve with people parking away some money, making some good interest rates on, you know, I guess short term CDs. Well, very good. That's why we're going to break that topic down today, because I know the advice has probably changed a little bit back from when interest rates were at, you know, two uh, percent and or near zero in some cases. And so this will be fun to break down and understand why this change has occurred and, and why maybe this new perspective uh, has emerged in the financial landscape. Before we get into all of that, though, let's start with some basics in case people hadn't heard probably an episode that we did a couple of years ago, Charles, about lazy money. Let's first explain what that is. What do we typically mean when we're talking about lazy money in someone's portfolio? Yeah, so, you know, lazy money is money usually in a checking account, savings account, you know, maybe like a short-term CD, money market account. I mean, if we look at history in the last 10, 15 years, interest rates were historically low. Now they're, you know, much higher. But the only pet peeve I have with uh, current interest rates is how long they're going to last. You know, they're not going to be paying like 5% on CDs forever in a day. And one of the things that people are going to run into when that CD comes due is is what we call reinvestment risk. What's it going to be reinvested at? And as we speak today, today's like uh, like, uh, mid-January 2024, from what I've read, interest rates are most likely to come down, you know, as opposed to remaining where they are going up in the very near future. So, you know, when we talk about lazy money, we're really talking about money in the bank, so to speak. And, um, you know, let's face it. I mean, you know, even today, if you get 3% in a money market and inflation's four, we're losing 1% in purchasing power. So yeah, we want to protect our principal, but, you know, if we have a 25, 30 year retirement uh, span, we want to, you know, maybe create rising income to like cover our rising expenses. So having too much money and lazy money might not be a good thing. 
It's a great point. We want to try and avoid that, certainly. We'll get into some more of the, um, you know, the why people have money in their uh, portfolio that might be considered lazy in just a few moments. But first, uh, we now have this changing interest rate environment. You alluded to this a moment ago, Charles, but let's break it down a little bit further. And, and definitively, is lazy money even an issue anymore if you can get a couple of percent return in your checking accounts or CDs or those kinds of things? Well, I, I definitely think it is because if history's any guide, I mean, obviously, the more volatile your investments are in the long term, the higher return you're going to get. So, you know, if we just like look at current rates today and, and put everything in, quote, you know, lazy money CDs making like 5% for a year and a half or so, who knows what's going to happen a year and a half from now where that money could be, you know, deployed in the market. And if we don't really need it for, you know, a long period of time, and for me, a long period of time is like 10 years plus, then if history is any guide, Walter, there's no doubt in my mind that over time, those stocks will well outperform the CD rates, even at today's rate of five and a quarter percent, which I'm using, which isn't like, you know, across the board, every bank offering that, but that's some of the higher rates I've seen today. So the point I want to make is, you know, people should really time segment their money. How much money do you need within the next year, year and a half? Maybe put that in lazy money CDs, money markets, savings accounts, so to speak. But the money that you're going to need to spend maybe over the next 10 years, years two through 10, maybe what we do there is we invest them more conservatively. Maybe instead of having um, you know all lazy money CDs and money market accounts, maybe we have some conservative investments like high quality bonds. Uh, maybe dividend-paying stocks, maybe even some fixed-index annuities that have today the caps are as high as like eight, nine percent, and uh, you know the floor is zero. So you can make as much as nine with no risk. That might be a better alternative than making like a five percent rate of return for a short period of time. So there's uh, definitely some solutions to uh, that lazy money, uh, and really the major solution is, hey, let's time segment our needs for that money and invest accordingly. If we need the money within the next 10 years, but not in the next year, hey, we invest it conservatively in those three things that I mentioned. And if we don't need it for 10 plus years, then if history's any guide, stocks will outperform fixed income over time. And we might be wiser to deploy a major portion of those investments long term to equity, uh, an equity portfolio. All good points there, Charles. So why is there such a danger of having lazy money in our portfolio? Like even if it's not quite as dramatic these days as it used to be a couple years back, uh, there's still a concern of being overweighted there and having too much in the account. What is it really doing? How does it harm us if we're out of balance there? Well, I think, um, you know, for the most part, a lot of investors, you know, they listen to the news, they read the newspapers, as opposed to studying history, you know, and, you know, I mean, to sell newspapers and to have people watch the news, it's usually negative information, it sucks people in, it might not be completely um, balanced, so to speak. So uh, I think if people, you know, really like stop watching the news or stop reading the papers, and really started studying history, they would find out that, hey, over time, uh, you know, stocks will outperform fixed income, fixed income will outperform CDs. So why not, you know, look at, you know, my 
personal situation and determine like, hey, when will this money be needed? And let me invest according to my time frame, not my emotions. So, um, and, and the other thing too is like, you know, we're all human. We all fear to some extent volatility. I mean, you know, you invest 10,000 today, the market is down 30%. Now it's only worth seven grand. I mean, we're all kind of doing a mini freak out, but the reality of it is, is, you know, we bought so many shares with so much price per share. And if we had that long-term time horizon, if history's any guide, you know, the market will, you know, retreat back to where it was and probably surpass the record that it set previous to that, you know, 30% decrease in fair market value. So again, you know, I don't want to overemphasize it, even though I am, uh, you know, when will the money be needed? And that's how you have to invest your money according to your time frame. Uh, short term, intermediate term, long term has three different investment styles. All right, Charles, as we look at this uh, from many different angles, maybe we can stop from getting in trouble in the first place when it comes to lazy money. So what are the reasons why people end up overweighted here to begin with? Uh, Why do people end up with so much lazy money in the first place? Well, again, they they probably don't have a plan. They probably have a portfolio, but no plan. And uh, most people that I meet do have portfolios. They have investment portfolios, and it's usually one portfolio that's allocated X amount of dollars to cash, X amount of dollars to fixed income, X amount of dollars to equities. And it, instead of having like a portfolio, if they had a plan, they might have more than one portfolio. They might have a portfolio for the short term, a portfolio for the immediate term, a portfolio for the long term, and that would perhaps serve them better. Uh, again, going back to like when will the money be needed, so they can take more risk today uh, and have more income slash assets tomorrow just by the fact that they had a date dollar specific plan and instead of just having that lazy money laying in their cash account getting a temporary like three four five percent they would have money invested you know in various portfolios that would each work you know in conjunction with the other and give them, you know, maybe a uh, more predictable lifestyle and uh, higher income in the future. All right, very good. Last uh, thing to cover here, Charles, I suppose, would be how do you help people fix the problem if you discover that they have too much lazy money in their portfolio, but maybe they're hesitant to make any major changes. They're just a little worried about, you know, okay, I, I, I like how things are going, and I understand maybe I'm out of balance, but I'm having trouble just pulling that trigger. How do you help folks get out of that trouble and fix the portfolio? Well, one example I use is like, let's just say I meet somebody and they, they love the CDs and they're paying 5%. Well, you know, maybe they have a CD for a year and a half. I'll just say to them, hey, you know, what do you think interest rates are going to be a year and a half from now? And obviously they won't know. I won't know either. But generally speaking, if, you know, you, you listen to today's news, which I just said, don't listen to it too much, but and read the papers, you know, chances are interest rates are coming down more so than they're going to go up in the near future. So they have reinvestment risk. So maybe they're going to make three instead of five when that CD comes due a year and a half from now. Well, today they might be able to get, you know, uh, if I'm looking at rates, maybe like a five-year fixed annuity paying like 4.85% per year guaranteed for five years. That might be a better play than having that money all in like, you know, that lazy money account that, you know, you're you're really up against reinvestment risk a year and a half from now when that CD comes due. You might want to lock in the higher rates. And there's other vehicles today that you might be able to lock in the higher rates as opposed to accepting a temporary high rate that eventually will revert to uh, the norm, which will be much less than, you know, 5%. 
Okay, very good. Well, if you have perhaps too much lazy money in your portfolio, or you're not sure, you don't know if you're properly allocated, this even goes beyond the conversation, of course, about lazy money, and are you properly allocated in other areas of your financial plan? These are all great questions to ask yourself, and if you don't have clear answers, work with somebody like Charles Weldy, who can help point you on the right path and uh, into the right direction as well. You can get in touch with Charles for a complimentary financial review by picking up the phone and giving him a call at 610-388-7705. That's 610-388-7705. Or go online to cpweldygroup.com. That's cpweldygroup.com. We'll put links and uh, contact information in the description of today's show so you can find it very easily. Charles, thanks for all the guidance on the program today. Enjoyed the conversation with you, and we'll see you again next time. Thank you, Walter. All right. On the next edition of Reengineering Your Finances, we're going to break down some listener questions. So we'll open up the mailbag and get some great answers from folks perhaps like you. So we'll cover a lot of different topics on the next episode. So come back and join us for that one. All sorts of great bite-sized pieces of financial and retirement guidance on the way next time around. Until then, take care, and we'll talk to you again soon. Financial planning and advisory services are offered through Prosperity Capital Advisors, PCA, an SEC-registered investment advisor with its principal place of business in the state of Ohio. CP Weldy Group and PCA are separate, non-affiliated entities. PCA does not provide tax or legal advice. Insurance and tax services offered through CP Weldy Group are not affiliated with PCA. Information received from this podcast should not be viewed as individual investment advice. Product discussions and illustrations are hypothetical in nature and will vary based on many factors, including but not limited to age, health, product, insurance carrier, and product design. You should consult the insurance carrier website and policy for detailed information. Content may have been created by a third party and was not written or created by a PCA-affiliated advisor and does not represent the views or opinions of PCA or its subsidiaries. For information pertaining to the registration status of PCA, please contact the firm or refer to the Investment Advisor Public Disclosure website, www.advisorinfo.sec.gov. For additional information about PCA, including fees and services, send for our disclosure statement as set forth on Form ADV from PCA using the contact information herein. Please read the disclosure statement carefully before you invest or send money.